How y'all doing, Germantown? Oh, praise God. Good to see everybody. My name is Robert Bell. I'm the campus pastor of Life Church in Milwaukee. Uh, to you, everybody that's online, thanks for tuning in. And let's give honor to our senior pastor right now with a hand clap. And our first lady, Tammy. Just thank God for them, uh, just him sharing the platform. And I also want to just say thank you, Pastor Ryan, from day one, he been with me, man. And I'm telling you, they just pushed me off the diving board. And it was like, <laughs> but I'm grateful for them. And um, just so glad to be here. The title of my message today, it was grace. That's why y'all hear the songs, everything is in sync. And so, Father, we just thank you for this moment. Thank you for waking us up this morning, being so good to us. It was grace that woke us up this morning. And we thank you, Lord. And just finding out, just studying the word of God, that grace is a person. It's not something we look for. It's Jesus himself. And we thank you, Lord. I thank you for the day. I pray this message will go forth. I pray you will be glorified today, that everybody will leave changed and inspired, understanding the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. And I just want everybody here to know that God has been incredible to me. You're looking at a man that's supposed to be in prison or, or dead somewhere. But he, he chose me. And you know, when, when God do that type of stuff, man, you love much. I understand. <laughs> I don't take life for granted because he had a plan for me. I was shown great mercy through Jesus Christ. And the definition of grace is unmerited favor. We always hear that. But, but it's God's kindness, it's undeserved love. But God gave me this while I was writing this, unseen protection. Because there was times, y'all, I'm telling you, my life was so violent that it was times that I don't know how I got out. I don't know how I made it out. But then I look back, I, he had his hands on me my whole life. And I'm so grateful today. But over time, I became somebody else. I just want everybody to understand that I became somebody else. Early on as a kid, I made, I had good grades, um, uh, A's and B's and won seven trophies. I always think about my seven trophies. I had a good coach and um, I, I, swung, I used to swim well, very well. Five, per, five first place trophies and two second place. And the only reason why I got the two second place because I was tired. I got tired of winning. But I was always leading scorer on my basketball team. And, um, you know, the academics was great, the, 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 the ball, and I, I could ball, I was a power forward, just like lead and score. And so they picked one person out of every school, MPS, uh, to, to go meet the governor, you know, from these academic school and perfect attendance and things like that. And we all sitting in class one day, and you just hear, it was like it was a drum roll, and they just said, Robert Bell. And I was like, oh, this was Governor Tommy Thompson. So they ended up going downtown and, and meeting him and getting all these awards. And I got a two-year scholarship to go to Marquette Boys uh, High School. Never made it. But God gave me that opportunity. And all this time while I was, you know, living, uh, uh, doing well in school, I, was, I grew up in an alcoholic home. Very violent, you know. My mother, my dad, my stepfather at the time was, you know, very violent towards my mom. There was a lot of drinking going on. And, we never had the house to ourselves. It was always somebody that stayed with us. So we, I never like experienced a home as a kid. So I ended up moving with my grandma and I had peace there. I had peace with my grandma, I ended up leaving. I'm the oldest of uh, five boys and one girl. 
uh, one sister. And I ended up moving there, and I had peace. But in that neighborhood, you had to fit in, man. It was gangs. It was infested with gangs. And I got tired of getting chased. And so eventually, I just gave in to the devil's plan. And I'm like, man. So in that time, I did a robbery, a violent robbery. Just wanted to fit in. It wasn't my, my personality. And um, I ended up going to Wells. And from that time on, as a kid, I just prison came out. I got tired of, had this anger, this anger, just, just violent, very violent, and doing this and doing that. Then I bring, brought it into my home. And eventually, my mother got involved. My uncles and my, all my little brothers and everybody got involved. And I lost a brother to a murder. I lost two cousins to a murder. I just lost a nephew to a murder because what I brought in trickled onto the next generation. So our son's walking around screaming lynch mob now. And it's just, but God just got me in place. So I understand grace today. And, but, but through all that, God is still watching over me and I didn't deserve it. So I understand Romans 5, 6, when it said, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died. And so they, them verses to me are intimate, y'all. Them ain't, I don't just read them and be like, ah, I understand grace today. That he saved me out of all the people I'm supposed to, you know, bringing this stuff home. People got killed and, you know, alcoholics now got, you know, even all type of stuff broke out. But God chose me. And I'm sitting here grateful today. But Paul understood grace as well because Paul also had become someone else through his surroundings. His theological influence made him a Christian killer. His surroundings. You think he grew up like he grew up in a, in a society like that taught him this stuff. And he ended up becoming a murderer, a murderer, a Christian murderer. But God had grace on him. So in Acts 9, it said that Paul was on a road to Damascus on his way to go kill some more Christians. And God stopped him in his tracks. And it was the same way with me. And so main, my main text is coming out of 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Timothy 1. And Paul writes this. He said, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointed me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was put out of me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And here's a trustworthy saying that it, full, that it deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Amen. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who may believe in him and receive eternal life to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. And Paul breaking it down, that was him humbling himself because of the grace that he's all just speaking about the last verse was him going like this. He didn't deserve it. Main point one, grace finds you and it, uh, and, and it guides you. And I think 1 Timothy 1.12 said, I think Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointed me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. And so Jesus' love and mercy uh, found Paul on the road to the masses in the middle of his foolishness, and, and he chose him. And this was, was sudden. It, it was just a dramatic scene. And I'm telling you, this is how God found me. 
from, from all this time, I'm living crazy. I'm sitting in the house with this girl. I got a wife now. And, but I'm sitting in the house with this girl, and she was at work. I'm sitting there watching the TV, and it was evangelists on TV. I'm drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette. And, and God, and he was telling us, man, God want to bless you. And he's like, you, you send $50 right now. God, to triple that money. Man, I'm looking for the remote control. I'm like, man, I'm for the turn. But I couldn't. And all of a sudden, he looked at the TV and said, you right there watching right now, God want to give you back everything the devil stole from you. And I promise you, my heart burned. My heart, I heard God speak to me. And right at that moment, I threw my hands in the air. And I said, Lord, if you want to use me, I said, here I am, but I don't see no way out. I didn't see no way out. But 10 days later, I called, no, that, that day, I called Brother Mark. God told me to call Teen Challenge. And I called, I spoke to Brother Mark. And he was like, man, we can get you right in. And so 10 days later, I was in ministry school. And this time I came in with a, with a mindset that, that, was, that was, had both feet in. I had a made up mind because I had went through Teen Challenge in 2007, but I went, I was just doing something. Just like I wanted to do right, but my mind wasn't made up. I always had thought about leaving the program or staying. But this time, God helped me to, to make my mind up. And so I was grateful for that. But from 2007 to 2012, I went through hell, y'all. I went through hell. And so when I entered the program, God had told me to leave the girl I was with. I tried to take some things with me. And, and, and God was like, she can't come. She had not did anything wrong to me. She always been good to me. But I'm telling you, even God will tell you to give her some good things. And it was like, she couldn't go with me. And, and Matthew 16, 25, Jesus writes the words, Matthew writes the words of Jesus. He said, forever, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. And so I had to give up some things. And you know, even in our lives today, we have to give up some friendships or whatever. Certain things just can't come with us because narrow is the road. Narrow is the road. I had to give up some things. I had to give up friends and everything. I gave up the gang life. I couldn't take that with me. And when I entered the program, I couldn't, I, I, I didn't drink it. I didn't smoke it. The first day I entered Teen Challenge in 2012, I didn't smoke another cigarette or drink another beer. I was delivered. I had to give that up. And alcoholism can't go with us. But verse 25 said, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And that was the key to me because I always did stuff for other people. Me and Pastor Ryan, we always worked in that when I first came in, being a people pleaser. I've always been that type of person. But, but now I do, even when we was out doing the flyers yesterday, I got the team together. We was giving our waters and flyers to the church. That was our little secret. But I, I made everybody say this, put your mind on things above. And I was like, work as unto the Lord, you know, and not as unto man. It was just a, it's a different mindset. And so that, that was power. I did it for him this time. Because I love him, because I remember how he found me. It was, it was for him. And, 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 every, and to this day, it's for him. And that's the same way we have to be if you want things to change in your life. And I ain't doing it for my wife. I ain't doing it. I got sober because I, I want it. I love him. Everything changed. Main point two, God speaks to you in your purpose. The grace of our Lord was, verse 14, the grace of our Lord was poured out on us abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 
I'm getting it now, y'all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but here's a quote by A.C. Uh, Gabalin. He said, he writes this, the conversion of this uh, pers- persecuted church and the call by the risen, glorified Lord to the apostle to, to the Gentiles is the greatest event recorded in the book of Acts next to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. He said, it isn't just life-changing for Paul, but for Christianity itself. Paul would be that important. He would, he, we believe it would be impossible to come up with another conversion besides Robert Bell. And I'm just playing. <laughs> writes Reverend John G. Butler. He said that that has, no, that has affected in a positive way the growth, the development, and the history of the church. He's talking about Paul's experience with the Holy Spirit was the greatest thing next to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. I said, wow. So, and I'm telling you, uh, when I got to Teen Challenge, I met this, I had a counselor named, his name was Tyler Wolf. And so, by me never meeting my biological father, he, put, he brought me into this office, made me draw so on a crayon. He had gave me a crayon and, some, and a piece of paper. And he said, draw on here what you will want to do with your father. And so I'm drawing. It's quiet. He's just sitting behind us. There, and I'm drawing. I'm drawing. Play kickball or something. I don't know what it was. It was kickball, but it was a house. And we just having fun. And then he left out. But during that time, a team challenge from 6 to 7 to study hall. I walked out of his, his, his office at 6.30, it was clear. And I took a couple steps and all I said was, I said, Father, I said, I told, the, I told God, I said, if I would have met my real father, I probably wouldn't, uh, I probably would have got better direction. You know, I probably wouldn't be in all this trouble like I am, went through so much pain. And I'm telling you, at that moment, I heard the father speak to me. He said, I've been your father the whole time. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit came on me so thick, it just went like this. And I was standing there, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly breathe. And I was like this, and all I could say was, thank you, thank you. And I just felt them, and, and the Holy Spirit just filled me, man. I was never the same since that day. They thought I was uh, showing out in the program. <laughs> it was like, something wrong with that brother. <laughs> he taking it too serious. Sin is, because sin was serious. But that, that verse healed me from my childhood wound. When I heard the father say that, guess what? My biological father, I still had, like, like I wanted to meet him, but it, took, it healed me, man. I wasn't angry no more. That's where my anger was coming from, and I didn't even know it. He had healed me. This verse I heard uh, helped me to understand that I was God's son when he said that. I wasn't walking around, I ain't had no different identity. I was like, man, like right now, before when I was uh, uh, finna get ready to come up, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm your son. Show your glory. I'm God's son. That voice helped me to understand that I was God's son and Jesus Christ helped me to, 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 to get to this place because I received him. And all have a right to become children of God when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. Let's give a hand clap for Jesus. The, verse, the voice I heard helped me to deal with, uh, with the devil using my past. Because I heard a lot of people, y'all, listen, when, when God forgives you, everybody don't forgive you. But you still, but you walk in his forgiveness. And that's what I do. But, but as much as I can, I apologize to so many people. I've, I've disrespected so many, even my mama. 
Man, I got saved when that Holy Spirit hit me like that, man. I went home on a pass. I walked up to my mama. I was like, Mom. I said, I'm so, I was like a kid. I was like, I'm so sorry for the way I was talking to you, the way I treated you. I treated my mama bad, man. Never got physical with her, but I was emotionally, I just cussed my mama out. But I honor her today. Because the, whole, the fruits of the Holy Spirit is real. Paul, Paul understood this voice. It kept Paul. Paul heard God's voice on the road to Damascus. He heard, he said, go back into the city. He was giving instructions. He heard God's voice. Second Corinthians, he was caught up to heaven. He heard inexpressible things that, that he had to come back. He couldn't even tell nobody. But look at the books he wrote, so profound. And he had this secret that him and God talked about. He heard the voice and that's what kept him. It kept me. That voice still keep me to this day. Paul even asked God to take this in the same chapter, 2 Corinthians 12. He said, take this away from me. It was something that's bothering him in the spirit. He said, God, take this away from me. But the scripture said, but he said to me, that's the key in that whole chapter. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. I caught that. The voice he heard from God. And after that, I began to hear God speak to me through other people in the program. And man, you're going to be a pastor. I used to be like, okay. You know, yeah, okay. I went on a, we went on a, a, a ministry and we was way up north of this older white lady. She was in her 80s, had beautiful white hair. You could tell I thought she came from heaven or something, man. And she was like, and I used to direct the choir in Teen Challenge, you know. And when I walked up, I was like, they was like, she want to speak to you. I came up to her. She was like, you did an excellent job in the choir. She said, but you know you're a pastor, right? I was in the program. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see nothing. That's what it is. It's by faith. I didn't see nothing. A couple weeks later, I went up to Dallas, Wisconsin and spoke again. Then this tripped me out. When I gave my testimony, you know, like two minutes, we just hit, hit it, get it. And uh, this man walked up to me at the service and was like, young man, he was like, look, I never felt the spirit speak to me like this in years. And he said, um, I'm going to pay for your first year of ministry school. You got to go to school. And all, everybody was standing there. It caused me a lot of trouble. Look, when he said that to me, I got, man, them brothers in the program started acting crazy then. It was like, man, they wanted me. But I brought a check back with me. They put it in the safe. He said he never felt the Holy Spirit speak to him like that about my life. He paid. That's how I went to school. Then my second year, Pastor Craig, he, God speaks to other people. And I walked up to his car. He was, in, um, he was sitting in his car. He said, Robert, he said, Did you, uh, you, how you doing in school? I said, well. I was like, very well. I get all A's and B's, man. I was doing well. And he was like, can I pay for your second year of ministry school? I said, man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm just telling you, when God gives you vision, he gives you the provision. I promise you that. So the third year, I was able to pay for it myself. 
I was still looking for somebody to pray for. Like, come on, God, one more time. <laughs> Praise God, but that didn't happen. Main point three of my closing. Grace puts you in a position to save souls. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now, here's the part where Paul, out of all the grace, he humbled himself. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You ever read that verse like that? I caught that because that's what grace do. You see, it broke me down about my mom. That's what the grace does. It does. It humbles you like, dog, I don't supposed to be here. I don't deserve, you know, to even be standing up here. I had no clue, man. I seen Pastor Craig and them all the time. I seen uh, Pastor Aaron. I met Pastor Ryan all of them in 2007, sitting in the same seats, just listening like, come on, man, ready to go. But I always was listening, but I had no clue that God will have me on the stage one day to preach or to, and, and be in Milwaukee saving many souls. Since we've been at Milwaukee, it's been two, over 200 people that got saved and gave their life to Christ. But after working in Teen Challenge all that time, I worked there five and a half years. And um, I felt in my heart that it was time to leave and at the end of 2017. And I felt this shift in my heart. And I was like, man. And so I went to Pastor Craig and told him, I was like, I feel like God is telling me to move on. But I was going to go get a secular job, you know, just out of the, you know. I was just going to go do something. But I knew God was calling me out, but I didn't know which way. But now he wasn't moving that fast. So I'm like this. I got to go get me a job. He done spoke to me. Ain't nothing happening. <laughs> I think I got to go get me a job. But I'm telling you, at that same time, God was dealing with Pastor Aaron about coming down to Milwaukee to open up an after-school program and open up a food pantry. I had no clue. But God was working with us at the same time. And so when that happened, when I gave past, uh, 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 Pastor Craig the final, I said, well, well, let me stay here until August, you know, so I can, you know, find us a house and all that. He was like, cool. Two weeks later after that, I get a call from Bishop Harvey. Parkland Assembly. He's my spiritual father. And he said, Robert, I just talked to Pastor Aaron. And he said, and this is a church over there on 56 and Burleigh that the pastor has moved on and went to St. Louis. He's like, man, I think you'll be the one. And instantly, you know, taking another step is scary, man, when God is calling you deeper. I was used to Teen Challenge. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, okay. We kicking it on the phone, and I, then we hung up. I didn't think nothing. I was like, I, it was in my heart. I pondered it for a little while. But one day, what, two days later, I'm telling y'all the truth. I get in my car, and I ride to 56 in Burleigh. I'm sitting on opposite side of the street and just looking at the church, reading my book. I had a book. I was reading a book. 20 minutes later, I look out the window. Pastor Aaron was in the yard picking up paper. I jumped out the car, I said, Pastor Aaron. He was like, hey, Robert, I was like, hey, man. And he told me a little bit about the vision. 
He said, God, you want to preach here sometimes? And we'll pay you. I said, man, you got me, brother. You got me. But I, I met him picking up paper outside. And that's what I do every Sunday. Or anytime, every, every day, Randy will tell you, when I get out the car, I go around the church and I pick up the paper. It's my responsibility. And he asked me, he said, man, come share the platform with me. It's his platform and he's sharing it. I was like, cool. And since that day, God called me. And they called me, Pastor Ryan called me, said we want to meet up with you. And he was like, man, we've been praying and praying. And they was like, man, God said it's you. And this is how I got to Life Church. And those same parents, those same parents, out of so many people in my family starting to get saved. Everybody in the neighborhood, you know, it fluctuates. But my parents are saved today. The same parents. They saw, they saw me over there, they saw me over there, they, then they started coming. And then one day my mom and my dad was like, you know what, we're done. They've been drinking for over 40 years. They haven't drunk no alcohol over two and a half years now. So let's give God the glory. And so Father, I thank you today. Thank you for grace. I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I pray that this story will inspire somebody that we don't always get it right, but he still loves us. And another thing, you won't see things because we live by faith. But he's always ahead of us. That's why Jesus told us, don't be anxious about nothing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. Oh God, I pray your grace just continue to rest on us. In every book Paul wrote, y'all look at it. In the beginning and at the end of his letters, he always said grace. Stay in the grace. In Jesus' name, amen.